I'm just sitting here by myself. Whoops. They're gonna pull this because they won't let me talk about the election. That's what he had to do. Michael? Three, two, and one. Welcome back to... Michael? Michael? Okay. Buckle up, baby. We're missing that voice today. This is the very first of its kind, the Buckle Up solo cast debut with me, Ami Kozak. I will be doing this solo today. Michael is out for uh, good reasons, which we'll get to in the next week's episode when he's back. Good news in Michael's life. Very exciting stuff to announce. But in the meantime, I'm going to hold it down by myself, which I've never done before. So this should be interesting because without Michael to bounce all of my ideas off of and take advantage of fully to laugh at all my jokes, I'm just sitting here by myself. Um, and I can't interrupt Michael mid-sentence every single way, which is weird. Like, I have to interrupt myself. I have to interrupt myself. Anyway. There was a lot of stuff going on last week that I wanted to talk about with Michael. He's not here. But I could talk about it with all of you. Did anybody catch Donald Trump on the Full Send podcast? Now, this was fascinating for so many reasons for me to watch and to witness. Because for one thing, it just further solidified the Internet's place as this new standard of where all things media and all things entertainment are happening. If you had any doubt at all as to where the attention is in terms of mainstream versus and legacy media versus new media, you have Donald Trump who has been off of the public sphere for all this time going on the Full Send podcast with... A bunch of guys who've been known and been made famous by famous pranks and funny videos on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram. And now he's sitting there with them and they get the access to him because of the platform that they've built. It was just an incredible thing to watch. And to watch it in real time knowing that this is going to have a huge impact just in terms of reach and attention. You have that plus Joe Rogan being the new mainstream news is the coverage of Joe Rogan that's been going on. It just makes you realize that wow, we are in a completely new era where it's it's over. The internet has won. And Donald Trump is on this podcast, and he's saying, and he's just giving all these sound bites that are just one after the other. I'm like, they're, the mainstream media is going to go nuts when they hear this stuff. Because for an ex-president, you know, what they're doing now, talking, this, he's, you, know, it's, you know, there's something that's so entertaining about it and also just so... Is this really happening? So surreal to hear a form. You know, he was such an unprecedented style president and, of course, such an unprecedented style ex-president. But we haven't really heard him as an ex-president so much because he's been banned from social media. So now he's on the biggest platform of one of the biggest podcasts. Like, I felt like it was making up for all this lost time for him. Like, almost like candy binging, not having all this access to Twitter, and then he's just binging on the candy that is the Nelk Boys getting to share all this Trumpy stuff. So he's on there. just And what they're doing, we have these leaders, folks. They don't know what they're doing. It's very sad, folks. They don't know what they're doing. And you're just like, oh my goodness. And I remember, you know, in the George Bush days when Obama took over, 
And I do remember when they would ask him, why don't you criticize the current administration? I'm sure you have your perspective as to what he's saying about the Iraq war. Well, you know, I don't think it's good for the country. You know, I don't think it's good to criticize. I, I don't think it's good for the country, Barbara, or whoever he was talking to. And he would let Obama do what he does. And that's what he had to do. But uh, Donald Trump is Donald Trump. And he does things a different way. And it was just such a crazy podcast. I would recommend going to watch it on YouTube. But they pulled it down, as Trump said they would on the podcast. He said, I hope you guys are brave enough. We'll see. We'll see if you're tough enough to do this. Because they're going to pull this because they won't let me talk about the election. And they won't let me talk about this and that. And uh, it's it's you need freedom of speech, but you need you need that, folks. You heard a lot of that heavy breathing that Trump does on <laughs> the mic. Um, you need that. Uh, you, we we need better people, folks. It's that our leaders are dumb. They're dumb, dumb folks. So that was one thing that was going on that was crazy. I also saw some clips. Tony Robbins was on the Impulsive podcast, and it's just it's very cool to see these. You know, young up-and-coming platforms and uh, spaces where sort of previous generations, top people in media like a Tony Robbins or, you know, even now Joe Rogan has become so, sort of the standard of new media. But, you know, he's in his 50s and he has Mr. Beast on. And I, that was another episode that aired last week. So that was another thing that was just really a fascinating episode to watch. Mr. Beast... On the Joe Rogan podcast was another fascinating bit of internet that happened last week. If anybody watched that, it was uh, fascinating to hear his story as to uh, how he turned YouTube and YouTube making YouTube videos into a real incredible business. And I still don't quite understand. I have to watch the whole episode how he's able to spend and the kind of money he does on his videos. That is Mr. Beast. But the recognition that these creators are getting and the validation that they're getting is really exciting, especially for us here at Buckle Up and for me for making content and for making a podcast in today's 2022 landscape. That was uh, that was really, really cool. Um, so I recommend checking out the Full Send podcast. It's on it's on their website. So you can go check it out now. I did a little parody of it on my own uh, AJ comedy and had some fun with it. But. Anyway, fascinating, fascinating interview. You'll just your your jaw will drop a little bit as you watch it. I guarantee it. What I also found interesting. Um, what else is going on in the world? Michael and I discussed a few weeks back how it was nice at the onset of this terrible invasion of Ukraine of what was going on that at least for a moment everybody was on the same side in terms of who was virtuous, who was good, who was evil. And he said within a few, within a couple of weeks. Within a couple of weeks, you're going to see all the factions and splits. You're going to have a million opinions about these different things. And, of course, as the weeks ensued, you now see people talking about conspiracies and these biolabs in Ukraine. And I saw some weird things going on between Tulsi Gabbard and Mitt Romney today. Mitt Romney called Tulsi Gabbard a traitor. And she came out and she released a video about these biolabs in Ukraine that have dangerous pathogens, dangerous pathogens that we need to shut down. And I don't know. I just... <sighs> There's something comforting about the old school way it used to be where you kind of just knew it was all a show in politics, but we trusted in that show. And it kept things stable. You know, It's not that they weren't any less corrupt back then, but we all played along with that theater. And I think in like the post-Trump world and post-COVID world now. 
There's been so much damage done to the public trust that we don't buy into it anymore. And while there's a refreshingness to that because you're holding people to higher standards and more, you know, maybe holding our leaders to be more accountable for saying for the things that they say, it just makes things feel unstable. And that's a little bit scary. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that, Michael? No? Okay. Uh, other things going on in the world and in my life. I had an interesting week last week. Shouts to Gary V, I have to say. Shouts to Gary V. He recognized your boy. Recognized your boy by sharing a video that included me and a few other comedians who do impersonations of him. He was like, my favorite thing right now like, are these uh, comedians, these five comedians who fully impersonate me? And, you know, to all these people who comment out there about, um, you know, stop making fun of Gary. He has more money than you'll ever have and all this crap. It's like, obviously, it's all flattery, you know, or just making fun and having a good time. So he recognized that, shared a video, and that was cool. And like we always discuss here, you know, what, what do those things mean, right? Like when a video takes off or goes viral or gets mass exposure, it means you had a good day. It means you had a really good day. And then you move on, you put your head down, you get back to work. Because I think we get this notion that all it takes is that one little moment, right, where something gets shared or tagged from the right person and then you just explode. In my experience, I've yet to see it go that way. And Gary Vee has said this too. You know, being viral, going viral is not as amazing as people think, right? You go viral and it feels good for you. You get a little bump and then you move on. And I agree with that. So moving on, continue to make content. There's some exciting announcements coming up uh, over the next few weeks, which I will share hopefully uh, when they do. Um... But in the meantime, thank you to Gary for sharing, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, what else? What else? What else? So he shared that video. I will be doing some stand-up coming up at the end of this month. Elon Gold is coming to town. He's coming to stand-up New York. He's doing an hour. I'll be doing uh, two sets on on uh, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, the 28th and 29th. I'll announce those on my Instagram and Buckle Up's Instagram. So Mike and I will be attending, and... Post-gaming about that, uh, hitting the stand-up circuit. So I want to talk about certain things that I had my doubts about in terms of systems that you put in place to make certain things happen. Because everybody has their doubts. There's all this follow-your-dreams porn out there about the things you can do, and it all sounds very fluffy sometimes with this motivational music on TikTok about all these things that successful entrepreneurs do and how to model those habits. But I will say, affirmations, of course they fall into that category where they get that rap, but affirmations can be effective. I don't want to stand by them fully, but I have been doing them for a while where it's just basically things I say to myself as I start the morning to just sort of, these are dirty words to say, prime my brain, sounds very Tony Robbins, priming myself, but I prime my brain say a few different things that I say like, you know, 15 times one thing, 15 times another thing. And a lot of those things I start to see, you know, for example, you know, if I say that I want to, you know, if I have affirmations as they pertain to comedy, I start to, I don't know, it sets me up to do those things. I write jokes every day in this little, uh, in this little, you know, notepad over here. And it's a, just to have a pen in hand and write the jokes and go through that process, it puts me in a certain headspace. But then things just start to channel in different directions. I think what the affirmations do is they just 
program whatever's going on in your head to be hyper-focused on a specific goal and task and system. So you end up doing all these things that inevitably put you in these scenarios. So it's not that they just happen out of nowhere. It's not magic. But something systematically happens in the head. I'm convinced of it. A little, you know, I, had, that I started to see certain things that affirmed the effectiveness of affirmations. That's what I'll say. So I recommend doing them because a lot of what Mike and I talk about here is not just how to accomplish certain things, especially in the creative endeavors that we pursue, but how to put behaviors in place that will help you accomplish those things. So it's more than, you know, here's what you have to do. You have to write the joke every day. You have to do this. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. It's how do you begin that process of writing the single? How do you get into the frame of mind where you're actually doing the things you want to be doing? So that involves making lists, doing affirmations, writing things down in front of you, but not just making lists on a, on, a, on a piece of paper that you never see. Making lists on a whiteboard next to you that is staring at you in the face every day, that is cueing you into these systems, that's setting you up, that the second you sit down, you're seeing a to-do list of things to do. And I've noticed that when I started doing that, that step beneath the first step, what everyone thinks is the first step, the step beneath that, when I started setting up the environment around me to be creative and to foster creativity, things started to change. So that's some recommendations I can give uh, and share that have been effective for me so far. So along that journey, I just want to share that. Um, I say I'm a lot, especially on a solo cast. Good Lord. What else is going on? Um, we are going to hit our 300th follower soon on Buckle Up. I'm going to hit... I just passed 15,000 on Instagram for my own uh, comedy and uh, content account, which is cool. It's a real grind, and you try to figure out exactly at what point we can start here at the podcast and generally, you know, the conversion of followers, clicks, likes, followers to supporters, to people who want to get on board and become our thousand true fans. So Michael and I are talking a lot about that. Obviously, we want to turn, you know, turning the hobby into the business, the side hustle into the hustle. That's a big part of the conversation and a big part of where we're at. Obviously, patience is a huge part of it, and you got to put in the time to build that, you know, co content base and that audience. But with things going on as things grow, I'm curious at what point that comes into play. Maybe it comes in automatic, you know, at a certain point when it just happens and it. And, you know, you uh, you're there for it after you've built the audience. But I wonder what proactive steps we can take uh, to convert the people who are coming on board to watch and enjoy to become supporters. And I think we're just going to have to start feeding feeding the Patreon. And then uh, you create that demand, because if you see a little piece of video with a little lock button on it that says watch uh, if you're a patron, that's probably the way to do it. You got to feed the beast first. Same rules apply across the board. Um yeah. You know what's interesting? Stand-up versus music. Because I've been in the music game for over 15 years professionally around. And I'm constantly comparing the art of stand-up to the art of music. Especially as I start doing more stand-up comedy. And versus performing on stage as a musician. And it's really, really interesting. Because there's so many similarities. Timing dynamics, pace, uh, all different ways of 
working with an audience and working with a crowd, a live audience, and how those things work. Those are sort of the macro things that are similar. But man, oh man, I'm still looking for that like comedic voice that when I watch experienced stand-ups on stage, they have. They've built up a a certain voice, like an actual voice, where you're not just going to throw, yeah, anyway, so, you know, so I was like walking down, you know, that confidence. It takes time because it sounds so weird at first to your own self to amp up the energy and do it. But um, I think that just comes with more stage time, so I'm excited about getting more stage time and doing more shows. And I've been thinking a lot about what, what eventually that show looks like that fuses music and comedy together because I have been doing music for so long, so... I would want to incorporate it, but I don't want to bring it in too early at this point in doing stand-up because I don't want it to become a crutch that supports the comedy or carries the comedy. I want it to be something that can only enhance the comedy, you know, because one is so much more developed than the other. So for now, I'm working the stand-up muscle as much as I can in addition to the sketch and other types of comedic content I'm putting out and the podcast. Um, So... Uh, that being said, those are the couple of things I wanted to cover on my first solo cast for Buckle Up. This was a little tester to see if it can be done. It's definitely uncomfortable, but hey, here at Buckle Up, we are all about trying new things and getting into that uncomfortable territory. As Michael always says, the first episode is the hardest. Or does he? He says every episode is the hardest. But this is hard because I missed my Mikey. But he'll be back, and we'll be back with... Buckle up episode 22. I guess we can count this as 21. A little mini episode here. Follow us here at Buckle Up at Buckle Up Podcast. Buckle up with Mike and Ami. But this week, just on.